0: Love, talk,
1: radio. Welcome to New York 28, Decision New York 2018. My name is Rich Lee. I'm an associate professor at St. Bonaventure University, and I'm joined by four students down in an honors class who are following the governor's election. And we're going to spend today's podcast talking about last night's debate. But uh, with me, I want to welcome Samantha Bergio, Emily LeMay, Allie Full, and Sam Fuller. Thanks for joining me, and thanks for watching the debate, and um, we have plenty to say about it, but I thought an interesting way to start, you know, before we get into kind of an in-depth conversation, let's go around. If you had to describe the debate in one word, what would it be? And we'll start with you, Samantha.
2: Okay. Um, So I said hectic if I had to describe it in one word, Um, just because there was a lot of interrupting um, between both candidates. And they were always running out of time for each question. They'd be like 15 seconds more, um, and I just felt really bad for the moderators who were just sitting there having to, you know, try and rein them both in. Um, and I was getting stressed out just watching it. So hectic. Is definitely yeah, I don't think hectic.
1: anything. I don't want to argue with that word. Um, Allie, what would you say?
0: I would describe it as very high school. You know, it's just they were bickering, they were causing drama between each other, and there were just a few times where I was like, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Um, Very high school.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay.
4: Emily. Um, If I had to use one word, I'd probably say heated. You know, going back to the whole bickering, they would yell at each other, especially like Cuomo got really heated a lot and got mulling and flustered every now and then.
3: Said before, so definitely, I think heated is probably one of the good words to describe the debate. Yeah, 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 There was a lot of anger in that yeah. back and, forth. and Sam, how would you describe it? I'd say my one word would be combative. Um, okay. It was just all about attacking the other candidate more so than the issues. It was attack this person and what they've done on this issue, and less focus on the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did, you, did you have one word
1: that you think would describe it? Yeah, uh, my word is similar to what Allie said. I was going to say juvenile, and that <laughs> it was juvenile because of the manner. I mean, they kept talking at, over each other, you know, criticizing each other. But I even think, like, when I got into some of the topics that are almost juvenile, like Molinaro kept pointing out, you know, Trump came to your um, bachelor party and, and things <laughs> like that, and, you know, Cuomo did tons of the same things about, you know, Molinaro. Um, so that would be my word, but I think everyone's word, is accurate. It was hectic. It was heated. It definitely was combative. And, you know, you said you did juvenile high school, so we we're thinking along the same lines there. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about, you know, I mean, kind of what happened. And, you know, I think one of the things that surprised me a bit was, you know, Andrew Cuomo is the sitting governor, and there's a certain amount of decorum that comes with, you know, being the sitting governor. But he was very combative, to use Sam's word. and So I'll ask you, Sam, do you think that was a good strategy on his part, or do you think
3: he should have kind of been above the fray a bit? I think he should have been a little bit um, more above the fray. I mean, I felt watching the debate that uh, Molinar was a lot more professional, and um, obviously both people are running for political office here, and I expected a sense of professionalism here that I didn't really see. I mean, given it was a debate and uh, they were going at each other, but I still expected to see a little more professionalism from both of them, but I saw that a little more
1: so from Molinaro. Yeah. Well, what about you, Emily? Do you agree that, you know, Cuomo should have maybe held himself to a higher standard?
4: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, Molinaro's a little bit more classier. You know, when he would address um, Cuomo, he would address him as sir, like governor, like, he used a great title, whereas you know, Cuomo just used his first name or, like, she talked down to him kind of, and I think, you know, as a as, as sitting governor, you know, you have people looking up to you. You need to be more professional, even if, like, you're not the biggest fan of your like competitor or whatnot. You need to be you're in a, a leadership role, you're in a, a like political role, you need to be you need to be more classy, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right, he was very condescending. I and mean, we saw some of that in his debate during the primary too. And, and you mentioned the names, you know, how they refer to each other. I think Molinaro always, you know, referred to him as, as governor and Cuomo, for the first part of the debate, didn't mention Molinaro by name, It was always my opponent, my opponent. And it is an old political rule, don't mention your candidate's name, it's going to kind of give them more exposure. But as the debate went on, and this might be a sign that maybe Cuomo was getting a bit more flustered, he said Mr. Molinaro, and by the end he was just calling him Mark. So I, I, I noticed that difference there. So let's talk a little bit uh, about Molinaro. I mean, you know, we said he's, unlike Cuomo, he has not been a public figure. So this was an opportunity for him to define himself, to introduce himself to the voters in New York, Um, but he spent a lot of his time criticizing Cuomo. Do you think, you know, Allie, that, you know, maybe his strategy was off? He should have, you know, maybe toned down his criticism of the governor? Obviously he is running against him, so he has to point out where he thinks he's weak, Um, but since he's not yet known statewide, should he have taken the opportunity to talk about who he is?
0: Oh yeah, I think that he missed a huge opportunity to define himself, especially to those who are on the fence between him and Cuomo. I think that Cuomo kind of acted as a bulldozer. You know, yes. he gets what he wants, he'll fight for it. If he sees a weakness or an opportunity to cluster his opponent, he'll latch on to it. he did that a couple of times to Molinaro, and Molinaro let him get to it, um, let it get to him. And then he had to turn to the moderator to help end the argument. And I think that kind of made him look weak, like he's unable to end his own arguments, and just didn't cast him in a very good light. Okay. I wouldn't vote voted for him.
1: Okay. Samantha, we were talking, you know, before the podcast, and I know... You know, you mentioned that somewhere in between all the yelling and shouting and things like that, you know, you did see them talk about some issues. I mean, what did, you know, you learn about Mark Molinaro from Washington Debate.
2: I mean, I actually learned a lot about him. Um, I think that Cuomo made it hard for him to get things in, but I think he actually did get a lot of things, you know, his opinions in. Um, Like they talked about education, for example, which is something that I haven't heard about a lot. Um, in this, you know, election. And they both said that they agreed with um, charter schools and everything. And um, yes, I do think Womo got in a little bit more about that, but then Molinero added about how we need to whip out Common Core and, you know, fix things in Albany when it comes to education. And, um, you know, they also talked about the opinions of uh, President Trump's, you know, the, you know, the issue with, changing the definition of um, transgender mm-hmm. people. Um, so they talked a little bit about that, and Molnar did say he'll defend a law that is in place in New York that is protecting the rights of transgender right. people. So I do feel like he did get in some of his issues that did separate him from Trump, but then at the same time Cuomo was still attacking him about, like, do you support Trump? Right. So I don't know. I think to some people um, it was enough for Molinaro to just get those little
1: words in, but then Cuomo kind of beat him to something. So it's very... Yeah, Yeah, the debate started out on a somewhat substance tone. They were talking about property taxes, and Mm -hmm. I think each candidate talked about what they had done, but it quickly, at least the tone went downhill since there. Um, One of the things that they didn't spend a lot of time talking about were things outside of the New York City area, and that seems to be, you know, we're here in western New York. So, Emily, what are your thoughts on you know, upstate, you know, being kind of omitted from the whole debate, this one and also the primary debate.
4: Um, I just, I think it's, it's not okay. Um, you know, yes, New, New York City is like a, the, a majority of like New York, but like, you have a lot of people still, you know, in upstate who, who have issues upstate. You know, like up in Buffalo and like Albany and all these places, and they, they have issues that need to be addressed. And at the end of the day, they'll go, they'll most likely vote for. A candidate who is going to take into consideration where they live and you know upstate New York and their issues rather than solely focusing on New York City
1: yeah the, the one time it did come up and Sam like get your thoughts on this was about the bills and whether or not you know the state's going to build a new stadium for them and it was one of those rare times when they both agreed I mean um, as someone who goes to school here in Western New York where the bills are really popular do you think you know the state you know, maybe owes it to the people of Western New York to invest some money here in a new stadium?
3: Um, I mean, I think they um, definitely deserve at least some attention, Um, and I do think that they deserve some money. I'm not necessarily sure that it's best spent at a new Bills stadium, um, even though they are very popular. Um, But, yeah, I think there definitely needs to be more focus on upstate and uh, more money going towards this direction. I mean, obviously we saw that a little bit from, was actual policy where we studied uh, a little bit about the Buffalo Billion in Upstate, but uh, again, it's not really something that's focused on too much. Okay. It's I think we all agree that you know the debate
1: got kind of out of control. Whether that was the moderator's fault, the format's fault, uh, maybe let's spend a few minutes talking about how it was put together. I mean, Allie, if you could design the debate, like, what would you have done to maybe prevent some of the things that you know with the candidates talking over each other? the Can you know? moderators not being able to get all their questions in? So.
0: Uh, I think I would have given the candidates the questions before the debate mm-hmm. so they could prepare an answer. Um, and I would also ask them to provide receipts to any of the facts that they're mm-hmm. going to be dropping so that they could be backed up right then and there and they're not arguing over, oh, I said this, but no, you didn't. And I just think it would have worked a lot better.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting concept that they'd have to go in. They couldn't say anything unless mm-hmm. they had their proof for it, yeah. Samantha, what would you do?
2: Um, You know, for as much as I felt bad for the moderators, I also think there needs to be a more united front between the two because one person was kind of trying to rein them in and the other was just sitting there. So um, I feel like both need to be stronger if the candidates are going to act so immaturely and both need to be strong together. Um, Also, you know, I uh, Maybe the candidates need to be trained more when it comes yeah. to being mature yeah. <laughs> during a debate because I don't think Cuomo or Mo- Molinero really acted as professionally as they could have. Yeah. So maybe that needs to become more of yeah. an thin- effect. Yeah,
1: and you have to wonder. I mean, I, I know a lot of research goes into what they do. You know, if they act the way they do because they know that's going to be effective as, you know, awful as it looks to us. Mm-hmm. You never know. So um, they did something I had at the end called a lightning round, and when you know Marcia Kramer announced that, I said, "Oh, this is going to be good. We're going to get quick answers." But um, you know, Emily, talk about the lightning round and what your impressions
3: were. Of
4: um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it definitely changed the mood of the debate. So part of me feels like they should have done like in the like the start as like, yeah. a, like more like an icebreaker sort of thing, um, because like at the end they were like, "Oh, you know, we can agree on like this," yeah. but it, they they weren't. They were like like, stupid questions, in my opinion. Like, yeah. they could have done, like, lightning rounds of, like, issue questions or, like, questions they needed and, like, people wanted answers to instead of, you know, oh, what's your favorite song or what kind of sausage do you like? I think yeah. if they were going to do the lightning round, they should have done probably better questions, like, more maybe, like, throwing in, like, an issue question here or there.
1: Yeah, I think it was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. When they Sam,
3: any thoughts on the lightning round? I just didn't think it was very informative at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a lot more opportunities to get answers where they couldn't really get this rebuttal time, and uh, I think it was kind of a wasted opportunity there. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think there's a potential there, but it wasn't realized during that. Um, let's um, wrap up by going around and um, you know, just get everyone's thoughts as uh, which candidate did better, and in particular, I mean, you measure success in one of these by, you know, your appeal probably to the undecided voters. You're not going to normally sway a Republican over to the Democratic side or other, or the other one. So um, we'll go around in the order that you're sitting. So, Samantha, you know, who would you give the edge to and why?
2: Well, I think it depends on the battle we're talking about. Um, I think if we're talking about who was, you know, better at fighting the mean game, then it was probably Cuomo's. But if we were talking about, you know, they... They brought up a question about, um, do nice guys win? Right. And Molinaro kind of really handled that question well. And I think, you know, he is a nice guy that yes. maybe did win yes. <laughs> in that respect. Um, But honestly, you know, I think it depends on where you stand with issues with who won. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Normally, debates end up just reinforcing people's yeah. opinions at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Allie, do you have a winner?
0: Uh, No, I think... I don't think either candidate did better than either because they let each other get to each other. They bickered. Um, I do think that they were on the same level, but did a better job of appealing to undecided voters because he's stable. He's been in office. He knows. I yeah. think he's been successful. He came pretty off, successful. maybe a bit
1: more credible. Yeah. That okay. And 20 seconds, Emily. We- <laughs>
4: Um, I, I mean, they were both very childish, in my opinion. I think Cuomo's a little bit more childish. So If I had to pick a winner based on, like, that, I would say probably, you know, mulan Um, just because, you know, especially because we talked earlier, you know, Cuomo uh, and go, as the governor now, and, like, he should have been held to a higher standard. Um, but I think it, it, the debate, I don't think, helped anyone, really. If anything, it just reinforced right. people's views.
3: Okay, Sam. I feel like the moderator. You have like 15 <laughs> seconds to wrap up. So All right, I'll make it quick. Um, I think Molinaro won this one. Um, he doesn't have enough money to get his message out there. This got his message out there, and in a poll uh, that was recently done, 48% for 48% of people said they hadn't heard enough about him, and this is how they're going to hear about him. Okay, good way to wrap up. So, thank you, Sam, Samantha,
1: Emily, and Ali. You're listening to a podcast. Um, I'm New York Decision
3: 2018. My name is Rich Lee. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. Thanks for listening.